Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. This podcast is brought to you by Green and Blacks, a rich, smooth, and truly delicious chocolate experience. Welcome back to the Irish Times Women's Podcast. I'm Roisin Ingle. Our big news, as you know, is that we've joined Instagram. So please go there, follow us at IT Women's Podcast and leave us a message if you like. And as always, you can get in touch with us on Twitter at IT Women's Podcast or Facebook. And also you can email us at thewomenspodcast at irishtimes.com. So do get in touch. Let us know how you're getting on. On this episode, we bring you our big night in with Lisa Hannigan, musician and songwriter, who joined us on Zoom to talk about creativity in lockdown and much more. When I'm writing something and I'm into it, and I'm, I'm, there's no there's no better feeling, and and it sort of overtakes everything, and it's it's sort of just an underlying bubbling thing that you can't stop thinking about. But the bits in between, I find really hard when you're sort of trying. To conjure something or try you're trying to steer I suppose you know that is an uncomfortable state of being. But before we hear from Lisa we got a message on Twitter at IT Women's Podcast from Kelly who's in America posing an interesting question for listeners and here it is thank you for this extraordinary work she says I've been catching up on episodes today and it's been a balm for my soul I'm an American living in Chicago and I can relate to so many of these discussions. I established my Irish citizenship three years ago with aspirations to live there in the not so distant future. I wonder how do Irish women feel about the generational diaspora claiming citizenship? I hate the term plastic paddy, but it's been hurled at me a number of times. Would I be welcome if I came home because my grand's heritage allowed it? Thank you from Kelly. Well, I think you'd be very welcome, Kelly. And I wouldn't call you a plastic paddy, but uh, do get in touch with us when you're over here. And thanks for your kind words about the podcast. It might be a while before you get here, Kelly, with everything that's going on, but we'll welcome you with open arms when you do. Now, um, you might know, you might be aware that today is World Menstrual Hygiene Day. And Obviously, that period poverty is a huge issue for people all over the world, especially in countries that are more disadvantaged. But even in Ireland, um, people have issues. Plan Ireland did a small survey with a group in their youth network and they've released a report called Periods in a Pandemic. Now, it's a very tiny survey, only 53 women and girls in Ireland. So not at all really statistically representative. But the results are in line with the findings of global reports that show the challenges girls and women face around the world when it comes to safely managing their periods in difficult times like this or 
just generally, to be honest. Four in 10 of the participants reported that period products had become harder to get during the pandemic. 18% had difficulty finding information about their periods during this time and reported not wanting to burden their GPs about um, period issues. 75% reported an increase in stress, pain and anxiety around managing periods and said they were more concerned about managing their periods in lockdown. That's quite high, 75%. And obviously around the world, um, the issue of period poverty is even more stark from Kenya to Nepal to Cambodia. Basically, periods don't stop during a pandemic. And that's why World Menstrual Hygiene Day uh, is very important, more than ever, I think, at this time. And the CEO of Plan International Ireland, uh, Paul O'Brien, he, he says that the survey shows that how managing periods has become harder. So we just wanted to let you know a bit about that. And if you want more information, you can go to plan.ie. Uh, I think it's a subject we'll be returning to. It's just brilliant that uh, we're now talking about this because I don't know about you, but I think growing up, periods were not something that you sort of talked very openly about. And a lot of women do suffer very badly with various um, issues around periods. So I think it's just, as always, good to talk. Now, we had another big night in on Saturday night with the amazing singer Lisa Hannigan. Lisa, as you know, worked with Damien Rice for eight years before striking out on her own with beautiful albums such as CISO and At Swim. She's in lockdown with her partner and her 14-month-old child in Dublin and she joined us for a great conversation with almost 300 listeners and subscribers to the Irish Times with thanks to Green and Blacks. She did a couple of songs and we've used small bits of them here, just a few seconds to give you the flavour of it. But it was really a magical evening of conversation and we know you're going to enjoy this. I began by asking Lisa about her lockdown life and how she's getting on with her 14 month old. I think each each age has its own challenges. Yeah, that's the, that's the overarching uh, narrative of my lockdown is a 14 month old and, and my husband normally works in London for three days a week. And he can't work. He's he's an osteopath, so he's at home full time. So you know, it's just that's it's that's a completely different dynamic, which you know, it's actually been kind of interesting for me because we've started to get into routine, just having this amount of time to kind of figure it out. We've started to do routine where I can kind of get writing again. Um, haven't been writing really until a few months ago because the baby is an absolute turbo dote, but. <laughs> What's the terrible dote's name? Arlo. Well, he didn't sleep. I mean, he'd wake up every two hours until a couple of months ago. Um, so he's finally started to sleep, which has changed everything, as I'm sure anyone that has had that experience will understand. Um, but yeah, having having himself home, we've just kind of been getting into a routine and that's just been really extraordinary for me to, to kind of uh, try and open my brain up that part of life again. And also everyone's kind of free, you know, all of my musician friends are, are kind of at home going what we're going to do. So I've been doing a lot of kind of writing with people, but, you know, reaching out to people and, uh, uh, and, and writing with them. And then, and then, you know, people need backing vocals on things. And so I've actually, I'm actually weirdly busy in a strangely non-busy way. I think at the beginning of all this, people have this feeling of uh, we all need to be really creative and do loads of things. And some people are finding it difficult just to read a book. Never mind, you know, be creative. But are you on a bit of a creative spurt? Because I know you've been writing 
a lot, like like you said. Yeah, I I mean, I certainly compared to what I was um, <laughs> months ago. The last song I wrote before the lockdown was uh, "The Cutest Little Butt Since Daddy's Butt." Um, <laughs> <laughs> most of my recent songs have been along those lines um, to a certain extent. It has been kind of creative, you know. I feel like also just getting through the whole business is is enough. You know, as it is my job to be creative, so I'm, you know, <laughs> I'm working for well. But imagine though, if if it was, it's your job to be creative, and then you're at home, and all the conditions in some ways are right, but there's this other scenario happening outside. I can imagine how those two things could uh, stultify you or make you, you know, a bit paralysed in terms of creativity. I'm sure it's happened to some people. Yeah, and you know, we're all we're all um, under this umbrella of you know, terrifying global pandemic. So it's kind of, you know, if all, all we do is get, is get through that sort of um, emotional weight, then, then we're, doing, we're doing pretty well. I've tried to achieve other things. Like I learned how to put on eyeliner. Well done. Yeah. <laughs> Did you go on YouTube and get some help in that way? Or? Well, I got, I, actually, my friend Sally Foran, I'm, just because it's Ireland, I'm sure there are people who know Sally Foran, but she's this incredible lady who could put eyeliner on on a combine harvester um she's she has she's tried to teach me for many years and i finally now just had the time to kind of uh yeah get get it together get it together <laughs> i shouldn't draw too much attention to it because it's not very good yeah no. i can't see very close I, it looks you look beautiful you look lovely <laughs> no, i don't think there's any need to be doing anything aside from getting through it but i you know i'm doing my best i'm doing my best and you're in an apartment there um in dublin mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you, you don't have access to a garden, which same thing for for a lot of people, or do you have some garden? Well, I mean, we have a balcony, and so we've been growing things, which is oh, been nice. Nice, yeah. And we've been sort of growing um, beans and lettuce and things like that, and that's kind of helped uh, to sort of feel the passing of time. You know, I think that's the part of what's weird about this whole moment is kind of feeling a little bit like you know, fly in in, in the soup, but where. No, nothing seems to be changing and um, so it's nice to be growing things and seeing that develop over time that makes you feel kind of like time is passing and also the 14 month old is the same you know I think about I feel like I've barely done anything you know for months except you know keep him alive which is a perfectly uh, well done Lisa yeah well done. <laughs> um, but then when I think about him you know since lockdown began he has learned how to walk he's got loads of words he has a really quite impressive mullet you know but like you can really see time passing for him you know so he's he's smashing it actually (laughs) I have to bring you uh Lisa a couple of comments already because one thing I love about these events is people are so funny and smart and uh Jennifer Geary is saying that eyeliner on a combine harvester has to be the title of your next album first of all (laughs) which I think is a really good idea and then someone else said very observantly, uh, is that a guitar behind you? Um, or are you just happy to see us, Lisa? I think she's talking to you. You have a guitar. Oh, do you not have a guitar? Is it my No, I'm not. I just put that there for effect. I felt like, yes, it's a music night with Lisa Hannigan. And I just... <laughs> Speaking of which, sorry to derail everyone. No, go on, go on. Your daughter was, last time I was talking to you, your daughter was learning how to play the double bass, which was... Great. Yes, it's over there in the other corner. I won't turn it around, but it's there. She's getting on really good. She's really enjoying it and uh, it's a real lovely thing to have these instruments in the house. My other daughter's learning saxophone so I'm just like amazed at those opportunities when I was growing up. 
So in a certain way, I am doing a bit of vicarious parenting. Like, I wish I'd had that, so you'll have that. But I just think what a beautiful thing to give somebody the chance to be able to read music and to have that language in their life, you know. Completely. And actually, you know, so 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 many girls, you know, they're... A lot of girls don't feel like the double bass is the instrument for them, you know. Um, yeah. It's so important. it's so important. She was just basically, that's the biggest one I wanted. That's. <laughs> <laughs> but listen, you do have the guitar. And the wonderful thing is that, yes, um, Lisa is going to sing for us tonight. And I, I feel so grateful um, because I do think, I don't know if you've all been feeling the same. I'm sure you all have. Music has been something during the lockdown that I think we've all found a solace in and I've been going back to things I haven't listened to for ages and you know going through albums that remind me of times in my lives and and there's no better way to access kind of your feelings than music um so I'm really delighted you're our first musician on our zoom nights I love the title of the song that you've written that you're going to play to us will you tell us a bit about it first it's called yeah. beginner's mind well, beginner's mind, and um, one of the people that I've been chatting to is my friend Joe Henry, who produced my second record, who's an amazing singer-songwriter um, and producer. And he is the sort of ridiculous person who will, he will write a song on the page over his coffee like he's in a film, you know, that sort of the way songwriters do it in films, which I always have always thought was a complete fabrication. Yeah. Um modeling around as I do trying to find anything um but he would just it just sort of flows out of him and he yeah he just he sends me fully formed song lyrics um regularly and we've got sort of two or three songs done now so maybe at some point if we're ever released um we can we can sort of make a little EP or something um, but yeah this is this is called beginner's mind and I will try and remember all the words. This is my beginner's mind Asking to be still And this is where I find And let's go it's so emotional listening to you. Your your voice has got that such special quality that transports you. Have you written a lot of songs? Like, are you kind of... Because I know before your last album, you had a bit of a writer's block thing where you, you found it difficult. Yeah, I wouldn't say I've written loads of songs, but I feel like... <laughs> I feel like that having, having being able to carve out regular time um, is kind of helping helping things sort of wheels to turn you know I find it kind of an uncomfortable process like when I'm writing something and I'm into it and I'm, I'm there's no there's no better feeling and and it sort of overtakes everything and it's it's sort of just an underlying bubbling thing that you can't stop thinking about but the bits in between I find really hard when you're sort of trying to conjure something or trying you're trying to steer I suppose you know that is an uncomfortable state of being you know and and actually, I feel like doing it more regularly makes makes that makes that state less less high stakes, you know. But it's it's this is just what I'm doing now, and if nothing comes, it's fine. I'll have tomorrow, you know. But I wouldn't I wouldn't say like I'm overrun with songs or anything. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
Lisa, for some people who might not be from, as familiar with you, t- take us back a little to your uh, childhood. I'm not going to do too deep a dive, but you used to want to be an opera singer, which I think is really interesting. Yeah, yeah. When I was uh, like a young child into teenage years, I really, that's what I wanted to be. And I, I don't know, my mom, my mom got me a, a CD of my best arias, you know, that kind of thing. And I just loved it. And, and I just was a strange a strange young person just listening to that all day long and um but then I and I really wanted to be an opera singer I really felt all the emotions you know to do it <laughs> I did realize that I just have this tiny little voice I live next to an opera singer and you know it's just it just it's shocking how much volume can come out of a body you know when she's there singing next to you and I and I just I just never have that I never had that that sort of projection you know that you can just like a tsunami of, of sound you know and and so I really I was very disappointed when I realized I had quite a small <laughs> quite a small voice but then I you know then I discovered how microphones which if you're not an opera singer <laughs> you're allowed to have and then so once I discovered a microphone I thought well I'll just change tack now but it's this, you know, it's all the same as well. It's all the same, I think, in that you're just sort of trying to convey emotion, you know. I'm mean, not trying to, but that's, you know, that's what a voice, a singing voice is to do. Um, and a lot of people obviously know um, you had such huge success with Damien Rice and that whole time, eight years of your life, where it was a really big, busy time at a very young age. When you look back on that time now, was it really exciting yeah like it was and then there's that it's that weird thing of I was so young that so many exciting things that if they happen now I'd be like oh my god and I'd be terrified whereas when you're 20 you kind of just get on with it as well you know I feel like you (laughs) well me I'm talking about me specifically (laughs) and then and then like it sort of came to a bit of an abrupt end and you I think it's wonderful that you kind of had to then find who you were as an artist. That That's the, an amazing transition because you were, um, I think you've described it as adjacent to someone for quite a long time and quite a formative time for yourself musically. And then you were on your own. Um, yeah, it was really, it was great because I was very shy and and I, I got, sort of got to experience what it was like to, to sing for people and to be on stage and all that stuff, but in a very, you know, in, in kind of an oblique sort of way, um, which sort of helped me gather a bit of confidence or, or not, I don't know if it's confidence so much as, you know, it's a thing to learn. It's a thing to learn. Some people just are naturally good at that. Um, and I wouldn't say that I, I was at all, or um, even we were just talking before everyone arrived about we were watch, uh, watching Denise Chyla um, at the Other Voices Courage mm. show in the National Gallery, and she just blew me away so much. She's absolutely incredible. Um, please do check it out if you haven't seen it. She's this incredible um, performer from Limerick. Like, I just couldn't get over how powerful she was in even in between the songs, you know, because that bit I, I sort of retreat and I mumble and I, you know, I agree. <laughs> really hard um, and she just that was so incredibly powerful and, and, and it seemed she seemed so confident like just that you were so confident in her hand you know watch as, as an audience member I just felt so 
relaxed in her presence, you know, and energized. Just that yeah. she, she held us all so well. And so, yeah, it, was, it kind of blew me away. And I wish I, I wish I could have like an ounce of that. Um, well, it's funny. I think what you're talking about is that charisma and star quality, but I think that comes in different forms. And I think you absolutely have that. I mean, I certainly, anytime I ever see you, and even now there is a quality there, you know, you're in the presence of something very special. So I think it just comes in different forms. Maybe you're not prancing around in a, in a white shirt, you know, or whatever. <laughs> it's just <laughs> so amazing. Oh, yeah. Well, I'm just a massive stan of her now. <laughs> um, somebody said they saw you in Kansas I think it's Barbara saw you playing Kansas before and loved it many years ago and it was so lovely to hear the sounds from home in the US while she was away so that's really nice and Janet also says you absolutely have that quality and you have it in spades so in case you, know, you need to know that and like e- Audrey's saying you've bundles of charisma Lisa and she's a fan for a long time so yeah I, I think it just comes in different forms you're going to sing another song for us. This one is an old one that people might recognise. Why did you choose this one, Lisa? And what is it? Yes, I, this I, I just felt was very suitable for the moment, the strange moment that we're in. Um, uh, it's about missing someone who's, who's very far away. And um, so at, at the moment, it could be somebody down the road, you know, in our, yes. in our situation. But um, it's called Ocean and a Rock. spoken friend, I like a frame to put you in when you're an ocean and a rock away. That's such a good one. People have really loved that song. Um, someone has asked, is there anybody that you would especially like to collaborate with? You worked a lot with The National, which I know was a big joy for you. Yeah. Um, is there anyone else on your list? <laughs> there is, I mean, there, I, I love collaborating with people. Like, I find it so interesting. You find out a lot about yourself and, and them and I just find the, for me, it's such a, it's such an embarrassing sort of process. It's just, it's, it's weird because you have to be sort of open. You have to, to, to not second guess yourself. You just have to try things and, 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 and let things flow and, and not worry whether it's good in order to, to write anything at all. And that process can be sort of, embar- you know, it, it, you can do things that afterwards you think, oh my God, how, how awful. But then when you're doing that process with a person, you know, you know, you really have to kind of trust them, you know, with, with, in that space, <laughs> you have to trust each other. And, um, and you, you sort of never know until you start working with people, you know, and if they give you that feeling and like Aaron from the national, he's so, so enthusiastic about everything. Um, and I'm doing a bit of stuff with him at the moment. He's got this band with Justin, um, Justin Vernon called, um, Big Red Machine and I, I'm doing some singing on, on their new record that feeling but I, I would collaborate with, with, with most people you know or certainly give it a go and um, who would be my dream person well my real dream person not that I would necessarily want to collaborate with I would just want to be a dancer in his band and I cannot dance in any way but David Byrne I don't know if anyone saw I just you know he's always has people on stage like I would just I would I would, I would want to be part of David Byrne's menagerie. <laughs> and um, Lisa, who are the women sort of musicians that you look up to or admire? People that have inspired you in the past? Well, 
I mean, from childhood, um, from childhood, I always, my absolute favourite all-time person to listen to um, was and probably is still uh, Nina Simone. Um, I just think that her voice is the, is the voice that that it, it is the most perfect instrument, you know, in terms of what singing should do. Um, and then songwriting, I, I, I've listened to Joni Mitchell since I was a child. But, it, but just now, at the moment, in Ireland, um, you know, Saint Sister absolutely blow me away. Yeah. Um, they're just so incredible in every way. Um, I was looking to do a tour with them last year. No, actually, I say last year. I figured out just about three years ago now. This is times of better. Um, and they, yeah, they blow me away. Saleh, who sang with me in the, um, in the concert hall, not the concert hall, National Gallery, sorry. And yeah. um, she's in a band called Loa. She's absolutely incredible. There's just so many wonderful um, Irish, Irish, you know, musicians out there. It's a really exciting time, I think, out there for... I think it really, especially for younger women and younger bands as well, a lot of women. It's so important. Through. I mean, thinking about your daughters and, you know, and, I know. And music, you know, it's so important for there to be women on the radio, you know, <laughs> like being on the, on the radio and being on festival lineups and being, you know, this, there's a dearth of rep- representation out there. And then it's bad for the musicians of the moment, but but it's sort of worse when you think about the little girls listening to the radio and, and being like, oh, well, maybe girls aren't musicians, you know. <laughs> Lisa, this beautiful comment that came in from Ashling. Um, I don't know where you are, Ashling, but she says, I have to say that I love Lisa's considered and beautiful way of answering your questions. And all her songs are so heartfelt and considered thoughtful and beautiful. It's really nice that, you know, people pick up on that aspect of your personality that you really bring through just to this interview and then to your music as well. It's gorgeous. Letitia has asked me to say this to you and she's directly to you, Lisa. My brother Marcello and his husband Bruno are on this call directly from Brazil. We're all very big fans of yours and we've been in uh, at your gig in Clonmel in 2016. It was a night to remember forever. Um, and Olivia says that there's something of the Celtic goddess about you there. No pressure. <laughs> Um, and someone else because this is, this is Ireland and Nita saying Lisa I was mates with your neighbour in Kilcloon and we used to hear you guys practice tell us about that well now this you're probably <laughs> talking about me um, warbling along to Maria Callas in my <laughs> in my room or Nirvana I did, I, once, I, once I got off the opera train I got onto straight onto the Nirvana train which is a strange um you know, it's a strange day at the station, but yeah. <laughs> Brilliant. Green and Black's Organic Chocolate, a selection of ethically sourced flavours combined with a rich cocoa intensity. Okay, I think we're going to open it up, Lisa, if you're all right yeah. to do that. And um, people have asked uh, if they can ask for requests, and I think they can. She might not be able to do everything. Like I was saying to her earlier, she's not Lisa Hannigan jukebox. There are some songs that require... <laughs> A bit more um, going just, on. Yeah, I just can't remember how. I can't remember how to play. I mean, there. I just. I just but I forgot a couple of words there. An ocean and a rock. And it sort of gave me the horrible flashback. I had. It was a lovely gig, but um, I was doing a gig in Cork, and it was back when the baby was waking up every two hours. And I, and first song I forgot. I 
forgot the words. And, oh. go, <laughs> and then the second song, I forgot the words. And I don't, and it just kind of kept going. And this sort of rising panic was happening. Because I was so low in it as well. So there was nowhere to sort of run away. And um, and I ended up resorting to singing the cutest little butt since daddy's butt. <laughs> oh. tonight, but yeah, I, it's funny when you when you have those experiences, then there's a weird little voice in my head now when I start playing a song going, don't forget it. In other words, you know. Anyway. <laughs> well, listen, before we go there, just tell us a about the song that's in Normal People and what you think of Normal People because a lot of us are very invested, as I said. It's so good. I just think it's so well done. I loved the book and so I felt kind of trepidatious, I think, as you always do when you love a thing. Um, And I just think they did such an amazing job in every aspect of it. I thought Lenny Abramson did an amazing job. The music that Maggie Phillips um, chose was just, you know, just worked so well. Uh, in every scene and then just the actors I just couldn't believe it I just I just I kind of binged it and, and just swallowed it whole and you were saying that, that you, you're kind of savoring it day but you know with the week which I think is a better way of doing it so I think I'm going to go back and do that but I, yeah and I just loved it and, I, and I, I went to Trinity very briefly for a couple of years and, and I don't know it just it reminds me in a tiny way of like um, Skippy Dyes in the Paul Murray book in that I just you just you're kind of catapulted back to a feeling and a time like she she writes so well. I think they did they did it such justice. And it's it's undertow. Yeah. Undertow is the song? It is. And I was just so okay. off when I um <laughs> when it came on. I wasn't expecting it. People told me that it was that, that it was in there somewhere, but it, yeah, it's a really nice moment as well um in the in the series. So it was a great, it was so chill. Well let's go to some questions. Um so Teresa's iPad, that's what you're called here, Teresa. Lisa, you have performed in Carlingford, I know, a number of times because I have friends and choirs up in that area. So I'm sure for you it was a, a lovely experience because it's a smaller group and more intimate probably. Did you enjoy your time when you were performing there? I did. I did. I, I, I played with my friends Zoe Kame and John Michael. Yes. They were incredible musicians. And, and lovely people and and it's been nice over the last few years to just kind of do things in a different way like that I've yeah. kind of gained a confidence that I can play by myself I was always a bit afraid um afraid of that a little bit and then um just being able to play in a different configuration yeah you know, that's really why but like it's musicians favorite thing in the world is to play with other musicians I think that's why in you know this lockdown is so hard on everyone in, in so many different ways but in in my particular neck of the woods it's so hard not to just be playing with people, yeah. which is it's such a huge part of my experience of being a musician anyway. Um, but yeah, I love I love Sylvie and John. And yeah. actually, they, their children, they're, they're great um, tribe musicians as well, and they, um, their children both have perfect pitch, which kind of, which is mm-hmm. amazing. So I'm kind of trying to, I'm trying to teach that to my son. Um, <laughs> I know it's kind of mad though, but it's sort of like, if you imagine, like, how do you know what red is? Um, it's because people point at red things and say, there's a red truck, there's a red car, there's a red ball. And it's kind of the same, that if you hear a C, you know, that's just information that your eye is bouncing off your retina. But that's information coming to your eyes and then you're learning how to interpret it. But it's the same with your, with your ear. And if I play a C and I say, there's a C, and I do it every day, he'll just hear it and he'll say, well, that's a C. As, as much as that's a red ball. Um, 
Susie. <laughs> Lucky Arlo. Lucky Arlo. Okay. Thanks very much for that, Teresa. I really appreciate no it. Ruth, we're going to come to you next if you're ready uh, with your questions. Ruth, if you're ready, do you want to ask um, Lisa a question there? Hi, Lisa. Um, you were you did a gig in Langton's. My friend Anne-Marie is also on the line and she um, she told me about this session tonight. Um, I just want to say that it's just absolutely beautiful. Your quiet presence is amazing. And you fill everybody up with something amazing. So thanks very much. I didn't really have a question. I didn't know what <laughs> button I pressed. So <laughs> well, thank you very much. Anyway, no, right. That's lovely, Ruth. That's enough. That's beautiful. Thank you very much for that. We'll go to Adele Clancy and hopefully Adele, if you have a question, but if you just have a comment and if you just want to tell Lisa how great she is, I'm sure she won't mind. And Louise Mulhall. How are you doing? Are you enjoying tonight? I am very much. And I have to admit, I'm not very familiar with Lisa's work before. But um, I was very interested in your descriptions of the milestones of your baby and, you know, how you describe that. And as a midwife who has been present at many a birth, there's nothing like the joy and the senses of of fulfilment that a mother and the, the look on their faces when they've delivered, which kept me in midwifery. I'm sure you're this type of person that would beautifully describe an experience of birth. And I was just wondering, have you ever done that? I have, no, I haven't. I mean, I've talked about, I had a, I had a wonderful experience. Um, I was with the, um, the dom, I was in the domino scheme, so I was only looked after by midwives, which was such a, um, such a privilege. And yeah, I, I had a wonderful experience. It was such a powerful moment in in my mm. life you know that I, I mean I knew it would be a powerful thing you know, but I, I I felt very I felt very sort of strong and uh and just overtaken by this experience you know just just letting it happen and yeah. um yeah like I was talking about try not to second guess yourself and in, in being creative you know it felt sort of like the same, the same thing you know you've never felt like putting it into song have you Oh, I haven't, you, you know, and I did think after I had the baby, I was thinking the amount of emotions going on, thinking of Amy Cooperman talking about her neutral emotions um, last week, yeah. but, uh, you know, the amount of emotions going on that, that I, I, I'm sure it will distill down into songs eventually. Um, um, and now that he's sleeping, <laughs> it's probably more more likely to happen but yeah it's almost like it's too big of a a, a subject for me to approach at this proximity do you know what I mean yeah but but we'll watch this space Anne-Louise I think it might be coming I'll be watching first (laughs) thank you well you're obviously a new fan Anne-Louise so thank you for your question um we're going to come to Janet I think Janet's been giving some lovely comments over the time Janet are you there yes I'm here hi hi Lisa how's it going it's John at London and Lisa, your friends with Muzza, my husband. And yeah! <laughs> He's just gone off now. But we saw you in St. John Smith Square in Millbank, I think. It was in 2008. Oh my God, yeah. It was one of your, I, don't, I saw you quite a few times with Damien before that. And then there was a gap. And I just thought, from just hearing your comments there about performance, you blew us away. That I was actually sitting beside your parents that night. And you were singing <laughs> with them. And it was just the most amazing, um, there was so much power in the performance. There was kind of, I saw like a real journey from how you performed before. It was so much like 
energy and strength and confidence. It was just, yeah, it was really wonderful. And we've listened to you in the house ever since. So, Oh, thanks, Janet. Oh, it was nice to see you again. Yeah, lovely to see you. <laughs> yeah. oh, that's very nice. Thank you very much for that, Janet. Yeah. Um, we've got a message from Bernie. Bernie, if you have a question for Lisa. Hi. I'm really enjoying this. Uh, thanks so much to Lisa. The question I have, because I was having some of my dinner while I was listening to this, so I'm wondering, Lisa, what are you enjoying cooking during the pandemic? I, well, I... I'm <laughs> <laughs> enjoying cooking a lot of things, actually. The one thing I have not been enjoyed, enjoying cooking, which I, I hope I don't offend anyone, is banana bread. I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> I, I just think it's a disgrace to both bread and cake. I don't understand it. I can't get away from it on my Instagram. <laughs> I wish we would stop going on about banana bread. I don't know if it, do, do you remember? I think it was that the antibiotics in the 80s were banana flavoured. Am I just making that up? <laughs> yeah, no, that sounds familiar. There was a yellowy medicine. Yeah. It was definitely some kind of disgusting custardy yeah. yellow medicine. And yeah. I have no problem with bananas. Like, I don't mind a banana at all. But once you cut it and mash it or just mess with it in any way, I... I am mortally offended by it. So. <laughs> Sorry. I'd just like to apologise to all our banana bread lovers that are here tonight, you know, because there are a lot of them, Lisa. And I just think, I didn't know you were going to be so controversial, to be honest. I thought you were quite sort of mild and, you know, down the middle of the road. I just find that really. I think Lisa's, Lisa's going to be cancelled now because of her banana bread. <laughs> I think that there's, I hope that I'm reaching out to other people that feel sick oppressed. <laughs> Biden. Yeah, we always need balance, Lisa. We do need balance in this time. We'll come to Isolde. I love that name, Isolde. You're so lucky to have such a gorgeous name. Where are you, Isolde? This is mostly going to be gushing and repeating what other people have said. Um, one thing, it's it's interesting to hear, Lisa, um, your own version of imposter syndrome, because I'd, I'd lay money on everybody on this call being very, very familiar <laughs> with it. Um, including a friend of mine who said she's not successful enough to have imposter syndrome, um, which I think is the ultimate <laughs> statement. Um, but Lisa, I've always loved the way that you dress and your your sort of presentation. I, I wrote in the comment there, I've actually got a dress that I think of as my Lisa Hannigan dress. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, but I, I did want to know, as sort of following on from what Anne-Louise was saying, you know, do you think that, you know, having had a kid now, and of course in this really strange kind of setup, is that going to influence your actual creative process and your way of working? I mean, you were describing the, the whole memory blanking thing when you were so sleep deprived. Mm. Um, I'm just wondering, like, can you feel changes in the way that you're working and the way you're approaching your work? Well, I, I imagine anyone that that has children will will understand that the sentiment of just you know you just you just don't have that much time anymore you know whereas before I sort of had I just think how what did I how did I how did I fill the days with you know <laughs> you know and and I suppose so now it's it, it's just focuses the mind that's all you know I. I I have an hour here and an hour there to try and write songs, and you know, but it's I think it's going to be fine. You know, I I think it's 
I think it's going to be fine because what what else can can I do? You know, exactly. um, yeah. And and you know, in terms of doing loads of touring and things like that, you know, I probably won't be able to do that the way I was before. Mm-hmm. Um, I have friends who have children who do do that. You know, and maybe yeah. when they're a bit older. So, I, you know, who knows how it'll all work out? But I, you know, I just have to muddle through like like everyone does. Um, yeah, yeah. And, and Fine. Thanks very much, Isold. Uh, we'll go to a couple more questions, and then Lisa has one more very special song to um, sing to us at the end. But I'm going to come to a greatly named Mary Bush. I love your name, Mary Bush. Are you there? Hi. Um, just sort of following up on that last question, um, and I know it's tough times for everybody, Lisa, but I'm so worried about music and musicians and are there any things and I don't understand the music industry but is there anything that we just as small individuals can do that even in a small way um, help you um, as we experience or consume music? Well thank you Um, that's that's a good question I don't really understand the music industry either Um, and and I feel like a lot of industries it, it you know, maybe this is a moment where things can sort of change um, because I think people are becoming more aware of how little musicians get, you know, for things like Spotify, you know, how, how really that translates to very, um, you know, it doesn't, it's not, it's not something you could ever live on, you know. Um, I suppose the best thing that someone could do is when... <laughs> when this is the thing that we're allowed to do is to, you know, to go to a gig or to buy, you know, to buy a record um, directly from, from the artist or, you know, that's, that's, that's probably the most direct way that you, you know, that you can help, but really, really being, you know, coming to gigs and, and supporting people in that way is, is probably the most direct way, but it's, it is tough out there. And so many of my musician friends, you know, are count, we're counting on, you know, talking about DJs and bookers and every everybody, you know, in in the industry that I know, um, you're just you're kind of like everybody in every industry. But, you know, in our, I can only speak about my particular field, but um, you know, sort of counting on on those summer gigs, that you, you know, to to last people over over the winter, um, like squirrels. Uh, but it's you know, it is it's really really tough for musicians. I, I know that it is a time of great creativity as well. I've heard of people talking about doing drive-in gigs where people drive and, and then tune into the radio station that, and then the person is playing live in front of you. And I've heard of all these sort of wild, brilliant ideas um, and these great online gigs that people are starting to do. And, you know, musicians are trying to figure their way out of this like, like everyone. Um, well, please know that we love you. And we'll be here when everybody can emerge from their little cocoons and nests and what have you. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, Mary Bush, I don't know what your actual name is. Is your name Mary Bush? It's Mary Bush. Mary's Mary my Bush. Name. Okay. That, <laughs> Thank you. That was a really lovely question. I think your last comment there about how much we appreciate it. And I think how much many of us are even more realizing how important it is to our lives to our souls to making us have some equilibrium to getting in touch with ourselves i think that's why i'm so glad to have lisa on but that was a really good point and thank you very much 
I mean, I know this is a really silly thing to say, so forgive me. I have had a couple of glasses of wine, so but I feel like there's a really beautiful feeling in this whole um event tonight. I just from the comments, everyone is really appreciating you and um things are quite difficult in different ways and we're all getting a bit fed up, I think. Like I know we're all getting a bit more freedom, but it's been a long, hard road and it's just been lovely to listen to you and your gentle way and the music and just all connecting with each other. So I just wanted to say that to everyone and to thank everyone for being such a wonderful audience and for all your thoughtful questions um, and for the appreciation that you've shown Lisa in all the different ways and to you, Lisa, because I've just, it's just really beautiful. Thank you. And so you wrote this song that you're going to sing about a very different uh, scenario, but there's somebody um, who had lost somebody actually on the messaging who actually asked for the song. I won't name them because I don't want to, you know, put them out there, but they'd actually said that they lost someone close to them and would you sing Prayer for the Dying? So that, in fact, was the song that you were actually going to end with. So tell us a bit about it. Well, I, I wrote this song a few years ago. Um, one of my best friends, his parents have been married for 45 years and, um, and his mother had terminal cancer. And... Uh, and it's a song about about their their love and the resilience of their love, knowing that she was dying, and uh, how we're you know we're all in that boat, you know we're all in that particular boat, and um, the song is about about that connection that that is always there. Okay, I think, and I just think it's really perfect for this time. Um, we led with this, so. Um, I'm going to, you can do the waves after Lisa sings, but I just want to say thank you. I want to particularly say thank you to all our Irish Times subscribers and new ones who've come on board because, you know, it's difficult times for everyone. And it's been really big deal for us that we now have over 120,000 subscribers. And we hope that we're giving you, you know, value for that and that these events are sort of part of saying thank you. But also just everyone else, everyone here, thanks for being here. Thanks for um, for your lovely sentiments and your thoughts. And we'll leave you with the amazing Lisa Hannigan singing Prayer for the Dying. And thank you, Lisa. I said that would be the very, very end, and it will be the end in a second, but oh my God, is anybody else having a little moment? Really beautiful, Lisa. And uh, there's just been some gorgeous comments coming through, Lisa, about how people really appreciate the relaxing, gentle hour and a bit of an escape, I think. Everyone needs it, and everyone here is... Jesus, I'm such a wuss. I'm so bad. Everyone here is really grateful, you know, for it. And I think what Mary, Mary said there about appreciating music and musicians, I think everyone's feeling that. And hopefully when this is over, we'll show that support in all the different ways that we can. Going to gigs and paying for music and appreciating the art that is so important. So if you have any little final words before we go. Um, just, just that it's this, this sort of 
connection is so is so wonderful for us all, you know, and, and this strangeness has forced us into finding these new new ways of of, um, of finding each other and how desperately we all need it as well to how, how much we need each other, you know, that, that it's nice to in a way for that to be, you know, we we all know it now, you know, we're not gonna take it for granted ever, you know, again. Yeah. I think that's perfect. Thank, Thank you very much. Thank you to the amazing audience, as always. Really very grateful. Thank you so much. And that's it for today. Really hope you enjoyed that as much as we did. Thanks to Lisa Hannigan for being such a good sport and a wonderful entertainer. Remember, please do get in touch with anything you'd like us to cover over on Instagram at IT Women's Podcast or um, on Twitter at the same address. And also you can email us, the women's podcast at irishtimes.com. And also you can subscribe to us wherever you get your podcasts. We're on Spotify, Acast and all good podcast apps. And the podcast is produced by me, Roisin Ingle, and by Suzanne Brennan with JJ Vernon on sound. Until next time, stay safe and thanks very much for listening. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Mm. 